Welcome to Madison Labor Radio. Labor Radio is dedicated to bringing news, information, and cultural events focused on working people and the labor movement to the Madison area and surrounding communities. I'm Madison Delier, an East High School student. Welcome to our Winter Pledge Drive. We need to hear from you. Call 608-256-2001, extension 1. Your support is necessary to make Labor Radio and all the great programming on WRT possible. Hi, I'm Gil Halstead. I'm a former member of Wisconsin Edu- Education Association Council and United Faculty and Staff. Today, we hear meritor workers as they begin bargaining, get an update on Starbucks workers' victory, speak with MTI on the new Madison School Superintendent, and get details on a coordinated national poor people's campaign march, and much more. Hey, 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 we got our first pledge, 50, but no, 100, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say, a generous pledge from Keith Steffen. His favorite shows are labor radio, blues shows, and jazz shows. Um, our theme for today is organizing, and uh, we've, you know, Starbucks has had a lot of victories, uh, and these are people-powered movements, and we're a people-powered radio station. So we want you to give us your money. We have another pledge uh, from Neil, and another generous pledge, and um, we're hoping to get many more. We hope you can pledge online at wrtfm.org or by calling the phone number at 608-256-2001, extension 1. And and we're hoping that uh, um, you've had a chance to hear the organizing stories that we've broadcast over the years, over this year. There's been a lot of... uh, a lot of great organizing in a number of industries where they haven't been traditionally organized. It's so been that's a great. busy year for labor. Yes, it has. By the way, that was Keith Steffen. We heard from Carol Weidel at the beginning there. And you're Joanne Powers. And I'm Joanne Powers. <coughs> We're part of the Labor Radio Collective. There's a lot of great uh, uh, pledge... Um, Thank you, gifts. Thank you, gifts. That's Fabulous right. prizes. Thank you, gifts. And uh, uh, you can find out what they are by calling 256-2001, extension 1. Or you can pledge online at wrtfm.org. The, press the big donate button. From the cities and the farmlands to trenches full of mud. Service and support workers at Meritor Hospital started February 14th. Frank Emsbeck has the story. Service and support union members of the service and support unit of SEIU Wisconsin at Meritor Unity Point Health began bargaining on February 14th. The contract expires on March 3rd. There are about 500 people in the bargaining unit. The unit includes certified nursing assistants, environmental services, food services, and other support functions. Labor Radio spoke with Andrew Van Roy, a certified nursing assistant, 
and member of the elected bargaining team. We asked him to outline the key objectives of the union. The key objective is to make sure that we get fair wages and fair benefits for our employees for fair work that we have done for the hospital. We we do need to make sure that we have a good a good fair wage that people can live comfortably in the Madison area. What is the status of negotiations now? We're we're having definitely some difficulties with coming coming to some agreement. Right now as things stand the wages that we are looking for and the wages that they are providing are are so far apart that we're going to be taking some time to kind of talk to our members over the course of this week. I mean, frankly, this last one was very insulting for us. It was insulting not just for the bargaining team, but when we told our members what management told us, um, they felt very insulted themselves. How are you going about communicating with and mobilizing your membership? Social media has been instrumental for sure in getting people aware of of what's actually happening in bargaining. We're able to show the members what management really thinks of them. Goal this week is to is to really show management um, in a very clear way that we do have that majority of of service and support, you know, a clear majority. Is there anything else you want to add? One of my coworkers who is a, a representative on the on the bargaining team, he he put this very succinctly. He wrote down a message to kind of fee, to express how he felt after management gave us that kind of insulting proposal. This was what he wrote. Mariner gets high marks on a regular basis from best hospital in the nation for maternity care 2024 by U.S. News and World Report, five-star rating awarded by CMS, Partner for Change awarded by Practice for Green Health, Best of Madison 2023 and multiple years prior to that and many more accolades that have been awarded over my career with Meritor that are too many to list. The wage increase you offered us is insulting for everyone who gets their hands dirty, bumped, bruised, cut, and just plain worn down. We're on the front line, not you. The disconnect from management to the workers is staggering. Walk a mile in our shoes, step out of your comfort zone, and walk a mile in our shoes with us. Maybe then you'll see what we're talking about. Thanks to Andrew Van Rooy of SCIU Meritor Support Staff for this negotiations update. I am Frank Emsbach for Madison Labor Radio. Starbucks has agreed to talk to its union. A local Starbucks worker explains just what that means. Last week, we reported on two national initiatives directed at the unionization drive of the coffee giant Starbucks. In one, Starbucks Workers United announced that 21 Starbucks stores across the country, including the Rimrock Starbucks in Madison and the Broadway Starbucks in Monona, had filed petitions with the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, to unionize with them. In another initiative, UW-Madison Students Against Starbucks joined 24 other campuses across the country demanding that their universities end campus licensing agreements with Starbucks Corporation. And this week, there's more big news. 
as Starbucks Workers United has announced that the coffee multinational has finally budged on beginning negotiations with the union over the now hundreds of unionized stores across the U.S. Labor Radio spoke yesterday to Evan McKenzie, a worker at the Main Street Starbucks in Capitol Square and a union organizer there. McKenzie described this week's agreement. We received incredible news at the start of the week. We learned that Starbucks has begun the process of healing with Workers United and has finally put in concrete terms the ways in which it wants to begin the bargaining process, which is what we've been demanding for years now. As a show of good faith, the company is dropping all of its lawsuits with Starbucks Workers United. They are instating benefits that were denied to many union workers across the country, including those at Capitol Square here in Madison, benefits like credit card tips, pay increases, more lax dress codes, training programs, a whole slew of benefits. We've clarified in the next 30 days, we will be getting all of those benefits in every union store in the country. They have stated that bargaining will now begin next month, or at least in April. A massive, massive amount of news all at once here, but we are winning. The new agreement to talk follows months and sometimes years of moves to bust the union by Starbucks, including offering better paying benefits to non-union stores. Mackenzie described what it was like to make it through this struggle. It was a chilling case study in why blatant union busting, providing massive benefit increases to stores that were not unionized, that did not choose to unionize, and denying them to union stores. It, it, it provided a, a, a very blatant study of, of why that kind of stuff is illegal. It was a deeply chilling thing. It was very, very, very hard. And it required really digging into union history to find tactics that work when that kind of stuff happens. Because even though it's illegal, it's happened every time there's been a massive union busting campaign. According to McKenzie, Starbucks only helped show the strength of the union to its workers. Hundreds of stores and thousands of breweries across the country decided to stick to it. And I truly think that is because we took that and used it as a magnifying glass into the entire company. And that even if you worked at a store where the benefits were increased, there was no guarantee that you would not be completely screwed over by the company later on, which we saw this fall with massive labor cuts across the country with lower and lower amounts of staff on the floor and higher amounts of baristas who are not getting the hours they needed. A lot of those union stores didn't have to receive the brunt of the penny-pinching model that Starbucks was using this year because they were unionized. And I, I think that combined with a more militant strategy, it really inspired braces to stick it through to where we are now, which is essentially the start of the finish line. That was Evan McKenzie, a Madison Starbucks worker and a member of Starbucks Workers United. This week, SWU announced that Starbucks has agreed to begin discussions on the start of bargaining for its over 10,000 workers who have voted to join a union. For Labor Radio, I'm Greg Jabosky. Wow, we'd like to thank David Polkonkowski for a very, very generous contribution. And also, remind everybody, Bruce is our phone answer today. Anyway, if we, anybody staying awake this year noticed that there was a huge upheaval amongst working people. 
Look at what happened just now with Starbucks. Think about the autumn where thousands of automobile workers self-organized, got together, said to the companies, we've had it. Well, we depend on that kind of enthusiasm to move forward here. 256-2001, uh, WORTFM.org. We need to hear from you. We are on the air because of your enthusiasm and your support. Please call us at 608-256-2001 and make your pledge today to keep WRT and Labor Radio on the air for you. The programming that we put on the air is unlike anything else that you can get in in Wisconsin or even nationally. We cover local news. We cover perspectives from workers' points of view. And um, you don't get that elsewhere. So call 608 268- 256-2001, extension 1, or go online to wrtfm.org. Thank you. And that, of course, is because we are labor radio. All the other ones, management radio. Absolutely. 256-2001. This is Janine and Frank coming to you here on Labor Radio, and we need to hear back from you. 608-256-2001. Get the Mary condo of labor. What does that mean? Organize. Oh, oh, I see. The Madison Metropolitan School District recently hired a superintendent. Labor Radio spoke with Mike Jones, the president of MTI, the Madison Teachers Union on the hire, and what it means for teachers and students in Madison. What can you tell us about the new superintendent, Dr. Joe Gothard? With Dr. Gothard returning, there's a lot of members who remember him as a colleague, as maybe their teacher when they were in MMSD, as someone that taught him. There's a lot of hope that that will resonate in how he leads because having such a deep understanding of the Madison and Dane County community is something that our members really identified as an important aspect of whomever our next superintendent would be, there's real hope that his history, his family's history in Madison will lead to positive relationships and outcomes. In terms of vetting, I and other union members have reached out and had discussions with other members of unions who are either working currently with Dr. Gothard and with the other finalists to kind of get a perspective. They shared what their perspectives were on working with each candidate, and we obviously took that into consideration. We are ultimately happy if it's something that can spur collective decision-making and collaboration with a whole wide range of stakeholders. If we expect a higher Dr. Gothard to solve all of the problems in our school district that we're doing it wrong and we are setting him up to fail. But if we're hiring him to be a leader and a facilitator in a larger conversation that our whole community has to have around educating our kids and making sure that we have a healthy and viable education system, then it's good that it's someone who already has a really deep understanding of our community. What is important in a superintendent from the perspective of MTI teachers? Last year when we surveyed and heard from our members in terms of that specific question, a lot of it centered around communication, making sure communication was sent in a timely fashion and communicated in a respectful 
manner, decision-making, whatever decisions are made, even when they are difficult and unpopular, they're done with students and what's best for the school buildings in mind as opposed to what's best for central office and also just a real good understanding of working with a diverse group of stakeholders. What challenges will face this new superintendent? The same challenges that faced the previous superintendents. One is significant and deliberate underfunding that's been going on for decades from the state and federal governments dealing with the very intentional plan to destroy public education, not only in Madison, but across Wisconsin. We need to figure out ways we can make sure we're making a collective decision and response around how we are funding and staffing our schools. That was Michael Jones. This is Janine Ramsey reporting for Madison Labor Radio. Child labor continues in dangerous workplaces. Carol Weidel has the story. The Department of Labor asked a federal court to issue a nationwide temporary restraining order and injunction against Fayette Janitorial to stop the company from illegally employing children while the department continues its investigation of the company's labor practices. Investigators discovered Fayette employed children to clean and sanitize spaces and equipment during overnight shifts at Seaboard Triumph Food in Sioux City, Iowa, and at the Purdue Farms plant in Virginia. The request for restraining order is prompted by investigations by the department's Wage and Hour Division. Investigators discovered Fayette employed children to clean and sanitize spaces and equipments during overnight shifts to fulfill sanitation contracts. The law bans children under the age of 18 from working in dangerous occupations, including most jobs in meat and poultry slaughtering processing, rendering, and packing establishments. The department alleges Fayette employed 15 children hired as young as 13 years old in Virginia and at least nine children in Iowa on its overnight sanitation shifts. Miners were used to clean dangerous kill floor equipment such as head splitters, jaw pullers, meat handsaws, and neck clippers. At least one 14-year-old at the Virginia facility suffered severe injuries while employed by Fayette. In fiscal 2023, the department investigators identified child labor violations in 955 cases and assessed employers with more than $8 million in penalties. Workers and employers can call the division confidentially with questions, and the department can speak with callers in more than 200 languages. Learn about the wage and hour division, including child labor regulations on dangerous jobs that are prohibited for workers under age 18. For more help about the Fair Labor Standards Act and other laws enforced by the agency, contact the division's toll-free helpline at 866 the number four, U.S. wage. That's 866-487-9243. Reporting for Labor Radio, this is Carol Weidel.
Well, if you like that story about child labor, you're going to get more of it on WORT. Uh, did you know that the Republicans in the legislature want to extend uh, child labor into restaurants so that they can serve drinks as young as 14? They've actually drafted legislation for that. Anyway, yeah, <clears throat> uh, what'd you say, Joanne? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. But I was going to say, people should call 608-256-2001 or, of course, go online to wrtfm.org and make a generous pledge of any amount. We have another generous pledge from Sam Breitenbach. Thank you so much. What are his favorite shows? His favorite shows are Labor Radio and Back to the Country. All right. Think about it. What got you excited in WORT? Well, you know, you can volunteer, you can contribute, you can help build this radio station. It's great uh, to there's hear. There's so many things you can do. It's great to hear stories uh, from the teachers who are still trying to organize despite the obstacles set up by Act 10 years ago. And uh, there's a lot of other places we can continue to organize. State employees, county employees, and... Uh, We'll keep carrying those stories. Ring that bell like four more times. All right, we'd like to thank Anonymous, who gave us a generous pledge on the intertubes. Uh, in addition to them, we have a pledge from Norman, who likes Labor Radio, and Frank Emsback, and says they're great assets to WRT and the Madison community. We'd also like to thank Nate, who gave us a generous pledge on the intertubes. Picked up the apple green WRT weekend duffel as a Pledge Premium, a thank you gift. Uh, Lakes Labor Radio, Tropical Rhythms, and Blues Cruise. And then we'd like to thank Stuart, who gave us a generous pledge. Picked up the Jupiter Bluetooth WRT speaker. Um, they like Labor Radio, Green Morning Radio, and Madison Bookbeat. You can join all of those people by going to wrtfm.org, clicking on the big donate button. Or, of course, you can go to the phone. Remember the phone where they used to dial those things? You can go to those and uh, call 608-256-2001. Uh, and if you look online at wortfm.org, you'll see this lovely <laughs> hoodie that's being offered at the $120 pledge level. Uh, Another weirdo for WORT. P.S. Mueller, the artiste from here, from Madison. And that uh, is brand new to this pledge drive. That's right. Well, uh, this pledge, dri pledge drives just come up with such great art, and this is just such a lovely sweatshirt. comes in four colors. Well, you can call and get that by pledging now. We still need four more of you to call in the next seven minutes. Please call. The Poor People's Campaign is staging a day of nationally coordinated rallies tomorrow, Saturday, March the 2nd, in 32 state capitals and the District of Columbia. Keith Steffen has more details. In Madison, the Wisconsin Poor People's Campaign and allies will gather at the State Street steps of the state capitol at 10.30 tomorrow. The Mass State House Assembly and Moral March around the square begins at 11 o'clock. They met with legislators on February 20th in Madison to educate them about the needs of 140 million poor and low-wealth people nationwide. After speeches at the Capitol, they will gather at the First United Methodist Church for lunch and stories about how poverty has affected individuals. Among other goals, they hope to overturn poverty as the fourth leading cause of death in the United States and achieve access to health care for all. The Poor People's Campaign is also trying to register and activate voters leading up to the 2024 presidential election. 
More information can be found on the Poor People's Campaign website or Facebook page. It's 10.30 a.m. tomorrow, March 2nd, at the State Capitol. I'm Keith Steffen reporting for Labor Radio. Punctuating months of silence and a potential strike that would have started this week, brewers employed by Anheuser-Busch were suddenly presented with a tentative agreement on Wednesday. Labor Radio has more on the negotiations and the proposal's implications. 5,000 brewery workers at Anheuser-Busch will soon consider the terms of a tentative agreement negotiated between their employer, the St. Louis-based beer manufacturer, and their bargaining representatives, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. After a meeting between the sides earlier this week, bargaining over a new national contract began in earnest early last fall, shortly after opening local contract talks over the summer. Despite early progress on non-economic issues and healthcare reform, negotiations began to stall late into the fall over job security and wage improvements. Anheuser-Busch, all the while, continued to promise a contract that, quote, continues to recognize and reward our employees, end quote. When that proposal did not come, brewers ratcheted up the pressure by weighing an authorization for a strike that was to begin on March 1st the day after their previous contract expired. The authorization passed in mid-December with over 99% of membership in favor. Despite the strike authorization, the company held out on putting forward substantially changed proposals through the middle of February. By then, another Teamsters represented brewery in Fort Worth, Texas, owned by Molson Coors, had started a strike of their own. Were the two bargaining units to go on strike simultaneously, both Anheuser-Busch and Molson Coors, who comprised about 60% of the country's domestic beer sales last year, would have had a significant portion of their productive capacity brought to a halt. The prospect of seeing their 12 United States breweries shut down persuaded the company to come back to the table on Wednesday, February 28th, where the current tentative agreement was reached after a handful of modifications according to Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien. The Teamsters statement on the agreement emphasizes the 23% average wage increase over the life of the five-year contract and an end to the company's two-tiered healthcare framework, a common sticking point for rank-and-file membership in contract talks over recent years. The union's announcement also broadly mentions provisions to improve job security, but notably omits the specificity that was used to describe the other gains the union chose to highlight. In the same statement, the union indicated that the full tentative agreement will be shared with workers in anticipation of a ratification vote next week, giving brewers only a few full days to review the contract specifics. Reporting for Labor Radio, this is Sean Hagerup. Hey, folks, uh, workers in the UAW all over the country stood up for their beliefs. Starbucks workers stood up and fought for their union. We need you to stand up and fight and bring Labor Radio to the air to increase our listenership to call at 608-256-2001 or go to our website, wrtfm.org, and make a pledge. We need to hear from three or four more people in the next couple of minutes. We depend on you, WRT needs you and wants you and would like you to join our family of supporters and listeners and people who just generally want to be informed about the world. This station is unique and we treasure it 
and I'm sure you do too, give us a ring at 608-256-2001. And Labor Radio is part of the whole news and information part of WORT. We have so many listening uh, options for you. We've got uh, bluegrass, classical, uh, news and public affairs, a public, yeah, a public affair at noon on Monday through Friday is fantastic, and there's all sorts of unique stuff on the weekend. And only be, is this possible because of you. Uh, visit the website, wortfm.org, and call 608-256-2001, extension 1. And thanks to all of our pledgers. And, of course, you can join them, 608-256-2001 or wortfm.org. Shouts out to SAG-AFTRA, the WGA, IBEW, the Teamsters, IATSE Local 251, and just about every other union I could possibly think of. So thank you very much for supporting Labor Radio. We're going to go to the credits. Thanks for listening to Madison Labor Radio. I'm Madison Delier. Thanks to editor Frank Amspeck, assistant Robin G., copy editor Simon Gordon, reporters Greg Gabowski, Janine Ramsey, Carol Weidel, and damage control specialists, and my favorite damage control specialist, Joanne Powers. Special thanks to Keith and Stefan in our reader coordinator and engagement editor. And Alice Herman, and to all our readers and the members of the IBEW Local W2304WORT Staff Collective, as Joanne already pointed out. I'm Gil Halstead. We would also like to thank all of the generous contributors to Labor Radio.